All right, everybody. Welcome into episode three of the Hardly Knowledgeable podcast. It is Tuesday, December 14th in the heat of finals week here at Kansas State University. And first of all, we'd like to say congratulations to Drew for graduating this past Saturday. So congrats to that. Um, Thanks, buddy. With all the pomp and circumstance, he's graduated. We never thought he'd make it. Even though we got finals this week. (laughs) Even though. All right. So, let's get into sports, shall we? Or do you want to wait for a little bit to get into sports? Yeah, we can get into sports. Okay, okay, fair (laughs) enough. Let's get into some sports. All right, so first, we're going to talk about the Kansas Jayhawks and their football team. So, being that I absolutely despise this football team to their to their very core uh we're gonna go ahead and we're gonna let the two ku fanboys talk about it over there and uh go ahead guys you want me to go yeah you got it all right so we've got a few recruits coming in we got one from ohio state uh bryce you're gonna have to help me out here i'm not too familiar with the recruits the guy from ohio state is like the linebacker right yep we have a Four-star linebacker from Iowa State, Craig Young. I have big, hard-hitting linebacker who played in all games for Iowa State this year, battled for a starting spot. That's that guy. Okay. We had the running back from Nebraska. The running back from Nebraska, Sevy Morrison. He's a four-star transfer with a solid frame that will come in and split times with Devin Neal. And then we got someone from UCF that was today, right? Yep. He's a high high three-star linebacker, um, Eric Gillard. He started the last two years at UCF with over 200 career tackles. He'll also come in right away and start on the defensive side of the ball. All right. So I don't want to get my hopes up too much with this thing, but with the way we ended the year beating Texas and having two close games with TCU and West Virginia, I I uh, got high hopes for this team. Um, it's good that we're actually getting some guys in the transfer portal that, you know, played at pretty good schools and, can really uh, really help us out next year. You know, we didn't really see this much from our last few coaches that we've had. So it's a good start, and hopefully we can win some more games next year. You have anything to add to that? Yeah, I agree. I agree with you. Um, the guy here from Michigan State you're talking about, uh, Kalen Garvin. He's a four-star corner of Michigan State. When he hit, entered the portal, he uh, decided to commit to Wisconsin, and then he flipped last week or this week, I guess, um, to Kansas. Um, another name to watch is Nadami Tucker. He's a DN from Hutch, big frame, uh, explosive on the inside, defensive side of the ball. He's a DN. Uh, he's picked between KU, Arizona State, and Houston, I believe, but his crystal ball is KU, so that's exciting as well. Um, we got another flip. We have a freshman, three star, Mason Ellis, good last name. Uh, he tight end. He, uh, he signed to. North Dakota State, and then decided to flip this week and stay in in Kansas, and he's going to come coach or come play tight end for us this year. And I think he plays some valuable minutes as well. And their other transfer so far is Nolan uh, Garciaca, I guess. He's a three-star lineman from Buffalo last year, and so he's already know he knows Lance, he knows what he likes and everything. But building off that, I mean, the portal has been a great success for KU to start the year. Um, it's going to be interesting because I know they're hot on a couple more recruits coming in. As of right now, they're fourth-ranked country or fourth-ranked team in the country in, in the transfer pool recruits, so that's always, you know, very positive. I think Lance has got this program in the right direction, and I'm excited to see where he takes it. All right. Yeah. yeah. Got any thoughts, uh, 
Yeah, well, I was actually going to say it's definitely really early um, in the process here, and that's why that's why it's probably looking the way it is because I think other teams will definitely catch up. That's how the recruiting – or that's how the transfer portal works. I mean, if you look at what Texas is doing right now on both the recruiting trail and the uh, transfer portal, they're doing a pretty good job. Kansas State, on the other hand, we're going to talk about the Wildcats. They do a really good job at finding guys that fit their program because obviously when they got here, it didn't really fit Bill Snyder's program very well. <laughs> so, therefore, the the people left. Sorry, guys, we're having some technical difficulties going on right now. <laughs> we'll pick you up back here in a minute. Yeah. Anyway, so you look at Kansas State, they're a really good job at selecting uh, players in their program that fit the program, right? And so that's why they don't, you don't have a rush of people coming in, right? But if you look at how they've been in the transfer portal so far, they've not failed. You know, they've, they've won the transfer portal compared to players transferring out and players transferring in. One thing I don't understand, though, with the Wildcats is these players that transfer out don't go to better, better schools. They just don't. Wayne Jones left. He's at Charlotte. We had a couple of players leave Southern Florida. So um, last year, Malik Knowles was supposed to leave and go to North Texas, but it just happens that the quarterback Malik Knowles wanted to play with went to Kansas. So maybe you'll get Malik Knowles at Kansas, but the quarterback that went to Kansas that Malik Knowles wanted to play with is no longer your starter. So... I don't know. Uh, of course, Jayhawks have a lot of momentum, and a lot of momentum built up going into the season. Um, so that's good, but we'll see how it goes. It'll, it'll definitely, uh, you know, falter out here towards the end, and some other name brand schools will probably pick up the pace. But right now, yeah, pretty good for Kansas. It's a big deal. So moving on to Kansas State, uh, the Wildcats going to a bowl game. Yay. Go Cats playing the LSU fighting Brian Kelly's with his family. Um, so we're going to be down there for sure. We're going to be in Houston uh, watching the Cats take on uh, the Tigers. Um, what are you guys' thoughts? We're not going to pick the game. We're just going to give our early thoughts on the game um, because we've got a few weeks in between. So, Drew, if you want to take us away on this one, you can. All right. So I think that K-State's got a pretty good shot in this one. It's going to be a weird – game. It's not like K-State and LSU are playing with their normal regular season teams. Skyler Thompson should be in for the Cats, but Courtney Messingham is out as offensive coordinator. Colin Klein will be taking over. So I'd expect that it's pretty much going to be the same offense. Similar, you know, scheme, but maybe just a little bit less conservative. Other than the transfers that K-State has, I think it'll be pretty similar to their team that's been playing most of the year. But LSU... Their starting quarterback is entering the transfer portal, so he won't be playing in that game. Derek Stingley Jr., their star corner, I don't know if he's opted out of that game yet, but he's a projected top five pick, so I'd be pretty surprised if he plays. Um, so I know you said we're not picking the game, but I do think the Cats can win. Should be a lot of fun. Hopefully the hopefully the stadium's full. Hopefully it's, you know, 50-50 and not a bunch of LSU, but we'll we'll see what happens. So, so I got. 
Bryson, we are going to go to you here in a second, but I want to stress that I don't want you to pick the game. I want you to wait. Um, we're just going to preview the game here and not pick it because it's not time to pick it. <laughs> yeah, so going off of that, this game, there's a lot of vague on this game right now because it's hard to tell who's in, who's out, who's playing. You know, Skyler going to play probably. But, you know, who else is transferring? Malik Knowles might be gone by then. Phillip Brooks might be gone by then. Um, so same on the other side, you know, LSU, like, I know they've had a couple of guys opt out and a couple of guys that are probably transferring as well. And so bowl games, meaningless bowl games like this, it's hard to tell who actually cares to play and who actually plays in it. Um, as far as game scheme or anything, it's going to come down to, you know, who can take care of the ball and who shows up ready to play. The whole bowl game process and leading up to the bowl game is about how can I go win a, win a spot for next year? That's all their coaches care about right now. Evaluation to win a spot for next year. And so we'll see. Moving on to basketball here. You know, I didn't really want to talk about KU's absolute beatdown of Missouri because, you know, what is there to talk about? KU's good. Missouri's bad. Whatever. We'll talk about uh, the Big East Big 12 battle. That's what it's called um, between Kansas State and Marquette. Uh, Marquette came into Bramlage. Bramlage was about half full, but the student section student section did their fair share, and they did their part. So, kudos to the student body. Um, the alumni, I would – I don't know. I wasn't too impressed with their – how many of them showed up. I mean, I know it's a Wednesday night, but it was an important game. And, I mean, if you got tickets, which they do. I mean, alumni are buying season tickets. They're just not showing up to the games because they don't care. They're saving those tickets for, you know, if we if the next coach we hire is a slam dunk hire, they're and they're excited about uh, the program's trajectory. That's what they're saving those tickets for. So, when I ask you guys, is there anything Bruce can do to get fan buy-in this season? Is there anything he can do to get fan buy-in this season? Um, like you said, he has he has the students all in. I think. You keep chipping away. You win games that you need to win and that you should win. But it's, I don't know. I feel like a lot of the fans now, like alumni, are just kind of done. And it doesn't matter if you, Bruce goes on a crazy winning streak. If you're not back in the contention for a Big 12 title, then I don't think they really are really into it. So for Bruce to not win a Big 12 title, because that's, let's be honest, it's not happening this year, not happening next year. To be, I don't know. I think if I'm a K-State executive, I think it's time to look at Bruce and figure out what he can do, something different. I uh, I think if this team can win some games and come February time, they're on the tournament bubble and you know maybe have a winning record in conference play, then maybe you could see some of those games be packed and you'll need to win those home games against the conference, which maybe seven or eight teams in the conference will be ranked at in the top 25 at some point this season. You know, if you can get there, get win some games, get into the tournament, then maybe that would get some fans back. But it's pretty clear that convenience to go to games isn't all the fans care about. I mean, we saw them go to Kansas City and play Arkansas and Illinois, and there were more Illinois and Arkansas fans there. And if there wasn't a student section there, it probably wouldn't have been close. So – it's convenience isn't all it, all the alumni care about. It seems like they want 
results or maybe it's just something they have against Bruce. I'm not really, I'm not really sure at this point. You know, I really think that he was a hard sell when you had a fan base that was in love with Frank Martin and then Frank Martin was forced out of town. I think from the beginning, Bruce Weber had an uphill battle. He won a big 12 title really quick. So that helped, but then the program fell back and the program was down for a while. The program won another big 12 title and then the program was historically bad. So I think that Bruce Weber has lost a lot of the fan base. And I don't think there's anything that they can do that he can do to get him back. Doom is gone. Ladies and gentlemen, doom is no more. The octagon isn't, isn't a tough place to play. It's not. I mean, if the student's body is there, the noise is okay. But if the rest of the stadium isn't full, or if the rest of the arena isn't full, then it's not good. So I hate to tell you, but unless a coaching change is made, the octagon is over. So moving on from that, we're going to move on to the Heisman conversation. So we were all right. Bryce Young won the Heisman. So yay us for being right. It wasn't that hard to pick. Um, There were some notable people that weren't in New York when the Heisman Trophy was handed out. Uh, I know Drew feels pretty strongly about this. So, Drew, I'm going to go ahead and uh, let you take it away. So, Drew, do you want to talk? Yeah. So, for those that don't know, um, Will Anderson, the edge rusher for Alabama, did not get to go to New York and said Aiden Hutchinson got to go, which Aiden Hutchinson is a monster in his own right. But I think Will Anderson is just way better. His stats are way better. I just, I don't know. I think he's a way better player. If the Heisman, if him and Aiden Hutchinson both made it and then they both were in the top three in voting, I think I would have been fine with that. But the fact that he made it and was second, and I think Will Anderson was the first that didn't make it, so he was fifth, is just ludicrous. You want me to read off some stats here or, or not? Okay. So, Will Anderson's season stats. He had 91 total tackles. Aiden Hutchinson had 58. Will Anderson had 29 tackles for loss, and Aiden Hutchinson had 15 and a half tackles for loss. Will Anderson had 15 and a half sacks. Aiden Hutchinson had 14 sacks. So, I guess Michigan going on this run to get into the playoff, you know, largely helped out by Aiden Hutchinson is what got him in it. But Will Anderson's also a beast for the number one team in the country, Alabama. So, I don't really understand why he wasn't there. Other than that, doesn't matter too much. Bryce Young won. So maybe you could argue the order between two and four a little bit, but none of that really matters. So I'm just mad that Will Anderson wasn't there. The argument you can make for Aiden Hutchinson being over Will Anderson would be the same reason why uh, N'Kobe Dean, linebacker from Georgia, made first team over uh, is it Carpio Battle or something like that? No, that's the receiver. The linebacker from Alabama. Um, Jordan is, Battle? Yeah. Okay. Is, they might – these Alabama players might have better stats. But if you look at opportunities, Georgia and Michigan have one of the two best defenses in the league. And so there's not very many plays for them to run. You know, how many times did Georgia enforce three and outs this year? Stuff like that. And so if you give them the same amount of snaps, I bet their numbers equal out a lot more than you think. Um, so I liked, obviously, we all had Bryce winning. I liked Aiden too, and I liked Kenny Pickett. I, that was my three. 
Um, four, I would have Will Anderson over CJ Stroud, but that I think they nailed the top five. Let's just call it what it is. This award is a quarterback award. That's all it is. You had three quarterbacks in New York. Okay, so we're going to have to stop calling it the best player in college football, because if you ask me, the best player in college football this year was a defensive player. Bryce Young was really good. Don't get me wrong. I think Will Anderson probably should have won it. So I don't hate the Bryce and or Bryce Young won it. I don't. But a wide receiver, a defensive player, they can sneak up and they can be in the voting or they can win it every once in a while. Running back can win it every once in a while. But this award is no longer the best award in college football. This award is for the best quarterback in college football, which they already have an award for that. All right? So I'm going to start off with that. That's why C.J. Stroud was there. Okay? Will Anderson probably should have been there. Will Anderson probably should have finished second for voting. And their stats are better, yes, because maybe – They've played more snaps on the field, but also their stats are just better. They just are. All right. They were better football players. And it, it, if you watch Will Anderson play, Will Anderson was a better football player than Aiden Hutchinson. I mean, that's just, that's just what it was. So that was, that's my take. Um, does anybody else have anything to say or do you want to move on? Yeah. So if I was going with a top four, I would have had Bryce Young, Aiden Hutchinson and Will Anderson. And then one of the quarterbacks, you could argue Kenny Pickett or CJ Stroud. I would put CJ Stroud, but Kenny Pickett's really good. So not really, not really worth an argument there. CJ Stroud was first, had the best QBR in the country, but you know, no one wants to hear about all that. So that's all I got. Nerd. All right, moving on to this Thursday night. Professional percent completion percentage, by the way. Just throwing it out there. Professional football now, it's not very hard if a quarterback for a quarterback to throw to wide open receivers because, I mean, C.J. Stroud has the best three wide receivers. Hey, none, of them, none of them made first-team All-American, so I don't know. Still be Michigan. <laughs> Listen, Michigan's winning a national title this year. I'm just telling you that right now. Not picking any games. Michigan's winning a national title this year. I can see it. We'll get, we'll get to some predictions later. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Let's actually talk about the college football playoff. Let's put the, this Thursday night's game on the back burner for now. Let's talk about the college football playoff. We will, we can preview these games. If you want to pick them, we can pick them, but we got a while until, you know, we got a couple weeks till they start. Um, Georgia plays Cincinnati, Michigan, or no, Alabama plays Cincinnati, Michigan, and Georgia will be facing off. So let's go ahead and talk about that. I actually want to start off with the Alabama-Cincinnati game. Let's start off with that. Can Cincinnati hang with the Crimson Tide? No. <laughs> I can get into it if you want, but no. That defense, even though their defense is down this year, is still going to limit what Cincinnati can do on the ball. And Bryce Young and Jamison Williams and Medchie and who they have, Brian Robinson, and two, you know, first-round pits on the line. They're just going to dominate Cincinnati. I don't expect this to be a game, to be honest. So, no, I don't think Cincinnati can hold the BIM at all. Okay, so I know we're not picking, but I think if Alabama doesn't win this game, I'll be pretty shocked. However, I do think Cincinnati can hang around a little bit. So, you do have Jamison Williams. John Mechie, I believe, tore his ACL, so he's out. So, one of their – plethora of five-star freshmen they have 
It's going to have to step up. We'll see if they can come in and produce. According to some stats I looked at, Cincinnati does a lot of press man-to-man. So I think if they can – they have two NFL corners on their team, Sauce Gardner, Mod Gardner, and then uh, Kobe Bryant, I believe is his name. Or maybe he just goes by Kobe. I'm not really sure. Um, <laughs> so um, – if they can press Jamison Williams and make things uncomfortable for him, unlike Georgia, because Georgia played a lot of zone and he just torched them, and there's not a second receiver that can really step up, and they can kind of stop Brian Robinson, which their run game hasn't been great this year, I think Cincinnati can hang around. But at the end of the day, I think Bryce Young just gets it done. He's, you know, he won the Heisman. He's the best quarterback in the country. You know, the best player in the country is on the defensive side for Alabama. So I think they win, but I do think Cincinnati has a path to hang around for a little bit. Would we compare Bryce Young to CJ Stroud? Do we think their games are similar at all? No. Bryce Young's better. I think Bryce Young's better too. I think Bryce Young has a better vision of the field and reacts well under pressure. So if Cincinnati were playing CJ Stroud, I would say pressure CJ Stroud and you're going to win. Here's the trick with playing Bryce Young. You got to keep him in the pocket. Keep Bryce Young in the pocket and get big guys in his face and get him in his face quick. All right? All they want to do is long down the field stuff. If you get big guys in his face and you get pressure on him fast, then you're going to be fine. All right? Can Cincinnati do that? Probably not. No. It's only a matter of time before this tied offense rolls um, in this game. And once they get rolling... Cincinnati won't be able to keep up. So, I think it'll be a close first quarter. Cincinnati really is fired up to be there. They think they deserve to be there. And they think they can win the football game. So, I think it'll be a close first quarter. Maybe a close first half. But I think Alabama's going to win. Oh, yeah. I think Alabama's going to win. And I think they're going to win decisively. But we'll give our picks later. Let's move on to the two power teams, Georgia and Michigan. Um. We uh, so we're doing Georgia and Michigan now. Um, is this going to be a ten-three ball game or what? We're going to see some points, or we're just going to see a whole lot of defense, Bryson? It's going to be a fun one, I think. Um, I obviously, like I said earlier, is two of the best defenses in college football. So then it comes down to you know who has a better offense, who's going to win this game. Um. I like Stetson Bennett more than the average guy. I think he is a college football's out Smith where he won't necessarily lose you a game, but he's not going to go out there and win you a game. Um, they have a decent run game with both their backs, and they have a couple of receivers, George Pickens healthy and stuff like that. Um, I think as long as they can, you know, put together a couple drives, it should be good. Um, it's really just going to come down to, you know, I said – who shows up to play. I'm really expecting a SEC championship, sadly. Yeah. Stetson Bennett, you say, is the Alex Smith of college football. And then I ask you one simple question. Have you ever watched Cade McNamara play football? Because if you want Alex Smith, you watch Michigan and then you watch Cade McNamara, all right? He's not gonna make. He's not gonna turn the ball over. And they're not. They're gonna put the ball in his hands to make smart plays when it comes into crunch time. I think Michigan's offense under Josh Gaddis has modernized this year and has become a lot better. 
and I think that's exactly what you need if you're Michigan. I think Michigan's going to be able to run against them. I think Michigan's going to get two or three yards to carry against them, which is pretty much all you need. They're going to work it into play action. Michigan, I think, can win this game, and I think Michigan uh, will win this game, honestly. But that's just what I think. Cade McNamara, you're going to be saying his name, all right? Okay, so I agree with you guys. This game should be a lot of smash mouth football, a lot of running the football. I'm not as high on maybe either quarterback as you guys are. I would maybe slightly prefer Stetson Bennett just because I think he has more around him than what they have at Michigan. I think that Brock Bowers is one of the best tight ends or maybe the best tight end in the country. And I think that George Pickens, if he's healthy for this game, is one of the best receivers in the country. So if those guys can show out and Stetson Bennett can get on the ball and then Zamir White and I can't – I'm blanking on their other um, – blanking on their other running back that they have. But if those guys can run the ball, then those will be the X factors for them. I did kind of do a little bit of research. Georgia and the SEC, including a 17-point loss to Alabama, is outscoring their opponents by 22 points per game, whereas Michigan and their conference games against bowl teams – Georgia's was against both teams too. They're about 19 points a game. So really similar. They both played pretty good competition. Maybe Georgia slightly better, but it's about about the same. So this game's just gonna come out to which playmakers make more plays, I think. It's gonna be low scoring. Neither team may get to 20 points. So it's gonna come down to that. I will say this. Cade McNamara wins a national title. I'll find a way to get a Cade McNamara something. I'll get a Cade McNamara jersey. Michigan, maize and blue. You know, go blue. Hang it on my wall. Put it in the case. All right. Uh, moving on this Thursday night, uh, the Chiefs play the Chargers. Uh, you know, AFC West game, really fighting for dominance over the West this, this season. So, last time they played, uh, if I remember correctly, the Chargers won. It was kind of a terrible game to watch, but the Chiefs' defense has turned into one of the better defenses in the NFL. Um, and really, the whole team, if, if you would have watched them last week, then you would have thought that they would win the Super Bowl by a country mile. Therefore, they move into the, playing the Chargers. And they play them at L.A., is that correct, or are they playing them at home? They're playing them at L.A., uh, which is a home game for the Chiefs because there are no Chargers fans in Los Angeles. They're all in San Diego. So, real smart move there by the Chargers ownership. Anyway, guys, what do you think about the Chiefs and the Chargers? I'm excited for this game. It really is going to show how far the Chiefs have come, really. This is the best offense they'll have faced since the Cowboys, I guess, if you want to count them. Maybe even Buffalo. Um, It's going to be fun. Uh, Chris Jones might be out, which kind of hurts, but I think we have a solid rotating core between Jaron Reed, Derek Nadi, and Tershawn Wharton, where they should be fine with. Um, I'm just hoping there's not any other COVID cases coming out. Um, I'm I'm excited for this game though, and this game's for the division. I don't want to say it's not because it really if we win this, Chiefs win this game, they have a two game lead. They lose this game, Chargers are tied with us, but they have the tiebreaker and a fairly easy schedule rest of the way out. Chiefs win this, take care of business, the division's theirs. Um, so with that being said, and like you said earlier, Nolan's a big game. Chiefs fans are going to show up. It's going to be about 65% Chiefs fans in LA. 
and it's going to be loud, and it's going to be fun. Um, I'm expecting a grinded-out win for the Chiefs. Uh, I would say like 27-21 maybe, somewhere around there. Uh, the under has hit almost every Thursday night game except for last week. And so I'm expecting, you know, low scoring. I think the over-under is 51 right now. And so low scoring game. Like I said, 27-21. I think the Chiefs win. I think Chiefs cover minus three. And it's going to be a fun one to watch. So like Bryson said, this game is basically for the division. You know, Broncos aren't far behind, but I think everyone that watches knows that they're not quite as good as the Chiefs or Chargers. Um, I think that there's a couple games or maybe just one game every year that Andy Reid kind of circles on his calendar and he kind of unloads all of his trick plays that, you know, some Chiefs fans wish like, oh, how come we can't do that every game? I remember last season, we started the season out 2-0. and We played the Baltimore Ravens that were 2-0 and everyone thought the Ravens were going to whip on us and then we whipped up on them on national television on Monday Night Football and kind of put the league on notice. I could see you know, this game being a must-win game on the road, technically, even though we should have more fans. I think Andy Reid's going to really empty out the playbook, empty out the tricks, get Travis Kelsey involved, get Tyreek Hill involved. Clyde Edwards-Alaire rushed for about six yards of carry on them when we met in week three. So I expect him to have a big game. Darrell Williams should have a good game as a running back in the offense. I'm not going to predict a blowout because I have a lot of respect for the Chargers and their offense, but I think that we win maybe a high-scoring game, like 31-21, something like that, but I think that we'll really we'll really dominate. Chiefs have this game in, the hand, in hand by the fourth quarter. By the start of the fourth quarter, Chiefs have this game in hand. If they commit to the run game, if they commit to the run game. I've been screaming it from the rooftops for the past five weeks. Run the ball, because they do it really successfully – but yet they somehow refuse to commit to it. It must be because they have, on paper, should have one of the best passing attacks in the NFL, but they just won't do it. Run the ball, and the Chiefs win. Chargers have one of the worst run defenses in the league, too. And there's no reason Clyde doesn't run for over 100 yards tomorrow if they commit to it. Dominate the game, dominate possession, and you win this game. All right, there we go. We're going to do this quick here. We're going to talk about the Big 12 real quick. Rate their logos. 1 to 10, 1 being the best, 10 being the worst. Drew, you want to take it, take it away and start off here with the logo rating? I uh, was out here. Our Zoom meeting's about to end. Um, so we're rating the logos. Who's got the best logo? The University of Kansas, number one. It's a great logo. It's a bird. It's a bird. He's a big bird. He's wearing shoes. I mean, doesn't get much better than that. So I'd go with them at one. Um, I don't know. I think horned frogs are kind of cool. Put them at number two. Um, Mountaineer. Mountaineers are pretty cool. Put them at three. 